It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we stay in L.A. even after the big game is over. The Genesis has become a top event on tour. The course, the host, the history. Can't wait to see it all this weekend. And there's plenty more to play out as well. So I think that's why we've enlisted one of golf's great modern writers, Jason Sobel, to join us today. Grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy the entertainment. The Pro Show. Oh, it's on. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Mr. Wade Weezer. Howdy. You know what? I don't know if you could feel the temperature in this room right now, but it is hot, like scintillating hot. It's a little hot. Yes. I have brought in, I, I have I have raised the temperature in the room with all that is going on in my world. Oh, I thought you were literally skirmed with the thermostat, even though they told us never to touch it. I, I, I thought there was a lock and key or like they, they have access codes on those things it's now. under glass. Yeah, no doubt about that. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Absolutely. It was fun. All right, man. It was good. I, I thought it was a pretty good game. I really enjoyed the halftime show. You know. Yeah. Oh, please. That, yeah, that was better than the game. Yeah. Truth, truthfully, it was. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, I had a very interesting little lead in to the Super Bowl game and the start of the Super Bowl game. There was a little golf tournament last weekend. Um, I know we covered it. We talked to Teddy Greenstein from PointsBet out there at the WM Phoenix Open. But, you know, we get into this predictive world that Read the Line is in. And um, pre-tournament, we had, um, I think his name's Scotty Scheffler. I've heard of him. Yes, because he won on Sunday. (laughs) Give me the ATM, my friend. (laughs) It gets better. It gets better. But uh, going down the stretch... Right. It just unbelievable. I mean, that's three wins in six weeks. And, you know, people keep asking me, they're like, well, what's up with this? Right. Well, you know, how how are we so hot? You know, and and I keep trying to explain to people it. It's not that we're just hot. Is that there's a process that's been taking place for over 25 years. All right. I've been a club professional. I've been a PGA professional, an award winning PGA professional. And I'm putting all that knowledge and experience because it's not just about being someone who's a fan of the game. You know, Uh, part of my role at the club was understanding how to run tournaments, how people perform, how to teach the game, how to play the game at a high level, understanding architecture, how that works, how it, you know, basically connects with someone's ability to play the golf course. What statistics matter on what golf courses? I mean, when you look at Riviera this week, you know, you you can tell exactly what, from my perspective, how things are going to break down. And all of that knowledge and my ability to write it, and you can read it in five minutes or less, is helping people win, have fun, enjoy the game more. And uh, I'm pretty happy about it, man. I mean, it's pretty cool. What do you think about all this? It's It's not an accident you're having success. No, I mean, read the you, line. You know and, what you're talking about. <laughs> That's well, a big thing. It's not yeah. a guess. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely not a guess. And, you know, one of the really cool things about this is all the feedback that we're getting from everyone that is betting and having fun. And again, people, this isn't about making $1,000 bets every day. This is literally about 
getting more engaged, increasing your fandom in the sport, you know, throwing a little wager down there or playing a little fantasy golf with your friends. Maybe it's a one and done. All of these different things we're covering for you. Everybody's busy. Within five minutes, you could take a look at the newsletter. It comes out every Wednesday. And, you know, for the amount of money it costs to subscribe, people have already been paid back a hundredfold. And you if, if you're going to uh, partake in fun like this, who you who would you take stock advice from? An advisor or the guy at the end of the bar? Well, I mean, you're going to take advice from someone who knows what they're talking about. And that's what it comes down to. The topic is irrelevant. You know what you're talking about. Well, I, I appreciate that. But I mean, um, I guess I kind of usually glaze over that because, you know, it, it's I have a bias about all the time I've spent in the game of golf. I mean, I started out caddying when I was 14 years old. You know, I've been around mm-hmm. the game my whole life. I spent my entire career on what we would call the wrong side of the counter. You know, <laughs> you picked up uh, a thing or two, you know. So, I mean, in, in all of that, I mean, 10,000 hours teaching the game means something. You understand why the swing breaks down. We had a we this particular week, we had a really cool celebrity guest picker, uh, Taylor Twellman, uh, former MLS MVP. Mm-hmm. He works for ESPN. He's an analyst, a personality, really great guy, friend of mine. And he started to talk about there's actual keys and physical cues that you could see on TV, whether you know a guy is confident or not confident. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was talking about like in soccer with shootouts, right? You know, like how all of that comes together. And he's like, if there was a guy out there like tying his shoes, picking at the grass, right. walking around, he goes, that guy I wasn't worried about, <laughs> right? That guy was nervous. He, right. he was going to struggle with his performance. He might perform, but he might, he's going to struggle, right? But guess what? The guy that just was staring at the goalie and was like, when is it my time? He goes, that's the guy I'm worried about. And when you start to look at the golfers, you can learn the same thing. And you look at it week in and week out because it's not just all st- statistics no, and analytics. More information. Yeah, it, it's you got you to process all this stuff. And I think that's where being a PGA professional and my appreciation for the game coming from all different angles, whether it be architecture or, you know, how the players are training or what the new innovative ways are that they're taking advantage of equipment. All of those factors matter in my approach. And when you put it all together, it's three wins in six weeks, right? It's two wins in three weeks. You have more information and you know how to interpret it. Hey, one more thing. Yes. Um, So Scotty Scheffler won on Sunday and all the golf fans know he won in a playoff, right? I was probably the only person who wasn't upset when he missed the five and a half footer on the last hole to go into the playoff because in read the line, I said there'd be a playoff too. Wow. Yeah. So I had three to one on a playoff and then 25 to one on Scotty. So it was compounding interest at that point, which was kind of cool. And uh, well, anyway, enough about that. I know you always ask me uh, as we get pre-show or whatever. And I said, you know what? Hold tight. I got some news for you. Uh, Everybody. We're just having tons of fun. I'm a PGA pro. I believe in changing the narrative around the game. It's more popular than ever. And this is just a different way to go about it. You know, if you enjoy top golf, if you enjoy fantasy golf with your friends, if you enjoy betting when you're on the golf course, read the line, have some fun. And why not win if you're going to, well, you know, that's it. a big part of it. That's for sure. <laughs> Speaking of winning, we have a great guest this afternoon, Mr. Jason Sobel. He's coming in from the Action Network and I'm super psyched to bring him on because he's one of those guys that I've just looked up to for years in the way that he characterizes the game. Amazing writer, producer, guys won Emmys in producing sports wow, and cool. everything for ESPN. Yeah, so um, and he'll get into it too. So an Emmy um, winner, we're gonna have an Emmy winner on. 
Yes, I know. Uh, it definitely would never be us being an <laughs> Emmy winner that's on. Uh, real quick, the leaderboard at the Genesis, and then there's a lot going on that we got to get to, and, and we got to get to Jason as well. Um, Joaquin Neiman, right? I mean, this is this is a funny story. So yesterday, I'm doing the up and down video that I always do. You can see him on TikTok or Instagram for Read the Line. And, you know, I throw it out there because, you know, we have free and premium members. So um, behind the the part of the premium membership is I talk a lot about prop bets. Mm-hmm. So I threw one out for the for the free people that only get a truncated version of the newsletter. And I just said, hey, here's a prop bet I'd get on. Um, I like Joaquin Neiman this week. He was your first round re- leader and he shot eight under. He was second place is five under. So okay. <laughs> Joaquin Neiman. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Right. What are you messing with over there? I hit a button by accident. I apologize. Oh, so that's fine. That's fine. All right. Second place, five under. Scheffler. Oh, my buddy Scotty, right? Spieth, Cam Young, local kid, Max Homa, defending champ. Um, you know, more on down the line. We got Morikawa at minus four. These guys are tied six. Cam Smith, JT. World number one, Rom at two under. Um, great. Storylines playing out there. Tiger Woods press conference. Um, the only thing you need to know, he, he spoke for 30 minutes, but somebody asked him, you know, when will you play or will you play and when will you play? He said, I don't know when. <laughs> only two questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, these are the ones that matter. This is the ones that we want right. to know the answers to. Right. Um, I will be playing. He said flat out, I will be playing again on the PGA Tour. I can't tell you when, but I am telling you right now that I will be playing on the PGA Tour. That's a pretty substantial statement. Hey. You know, and the golf course will be su- will definitely be a superstar this week. Riviera, unbelievable spot. Um, definitely take advantage. No more football. It's the NBA All-Star game, which is just gluttonous. So, you know, <laughs> toss those guys to the side. Forget the slam dunk contest. You'll see a couple slam dunks out there on the golf course. A couple guys chipping in, making eagle, whatever it may be. So check that out for me, everybody. And all right. Uh, big story yesterday. Oakland Hills which is a very famous golf course that hosts uh, just a number of USGA events. I attended there with Will. Uh, He qualified for the 2016 U.S. Amateur back, uh, I guess, in 2016. And pardon me on that. And uh, Oakland Hills is just outside Detroit. You're right. Math whiz. There's so many things to get to today. And I want to get to Jason, too. I'm I'm psyched to have him come on. Um, I'm I'm really thinking about the next thing we got to talk about, because I got to go on a rant about Phil Mickelson. But um, I love your rants. our, Our thoughts go out to the people of Oakland Hills because this famous, just amazing piece of architecture, which kind of bookends the golf course, um, burned down yesterday. Oh, that's And, crazy. you know, I, I got to give credit to somebody like Kyle Porter who brought this up in covering the fire. And he said, you know, golf is unique in a way that no other sport is. And, and I thought this was a really good point and I wanted to share it with everybody. You know, you think about, all right, well, all the football memorabilia is in Canton. And all the basketball memorabilia is in Springfield mm-hmm. and hockey in Toronto and all of these things. You know, rock and roll, it might be all in Cleveland. But when it comes to golf, right, every golf course that's hosted these events, whether it be a Wingfoot or an Oakland Hills or Shinnecock or whatever, in their clubhouse, they have all this iconic history. Right, spread out. That's a great point. Unbelievable, right? And this thing burned down yesterday. And I've been in that clubhouse, and it's just like you just feel so bad, you know, that like that piece of history. Um and all of that memorabilia that would have been in there. And, and, you know, I just, I wish them all the best that they can rebuild it better than it ever was. And that, you know, I'm thankful that no one that I've heard so far got hurt. And um, so, you know, our thoughts go out to the members and the people and everyone that's involved over there at Oakland Hills, just a terrible fire. And, um, you know, speaking of fires or someone's got to put out this dumpster fire, 
right? I mean, you look dumpster fire up in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, dictionary right? <laughs> okay. Right. I don't know if you'll need to bleep that out there. Um, uh, Phil Mickelson, man. This is unbelievable Talk at this point. Oh, my God. All right. So he talked to Alan Shipnuck. And we know that we already know that this whole thing with the Saudis is going sideways. And we're going to I got to ask Jason about it, too, because, you know, he, he's on serious. I mean, he probably hears way more than I do. But mm-hmm. um, Alan Shipnuck, who is a famous golf writer or whatever, is putting some uh, putting a book together. And he got Phil on the record um, saying this. Right. Talking about the Saudi thing. Yep. Right. This, this is a direct quote from Phil. They're scary mother effers to get involved with. We know they killed a Washington Post reporter and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. I mean, there's so many. That's heavy. Oh, man. Right. They've been able to get by with manipulative coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players, had no recourse. As nice a guy as PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan comes across as, unless you have leverage, he won't do what's right. And the Saudi money has finally given us that leverage. I'm not, and then he goes on to say, I'm not sure I even want the SGL to succeed, but just the idea of it is allowing us to get things done with the PGA Tour. Okay, so he's been all in on this tour and now now he's retracing his steps Mm -hmm. and saying that this is a leverage play and that it's really all about the money for the tour and he's admitting that you know there's a lot of um human rights issues over there and then he's almost kind of at times comparing the human rights issues over there i mean it's tough for me to put all this together and then he's like they've been able to get a to get by with manipulative, coercive, and strong-arm tactics. He's talking about the PGA Tour right, there. Right, right, yeah, a yeah, sentence yeah. after he's talking about the Saudis. Human rights. You know, be having a horrible record on human rights. And he's, I don't even really know what he's questioning here. But for him to come out at the end, and I pause there, and he says, I'm not sure I even want the SGL, so the Super Golf League, to succeed. Which means. So, the, so this is a total leverage play. Yeah. Right. And the reason I think this is coming out is has a lot to do with the fact that this week, Rory's like, this is a joke, right? Tiger won't even touch the subject. He's like, you know what? My legacy's with the PGA yeah. Tour. I'm with the PGA Tour. JT, Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa was great. He's like, well, yeah, they talked to me, but they didn't show me anything. So why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Right? So a couple other guys like Jason Kokrak have come out and said, you know, this could set my family up for life. Okay, fine. Has anyone talked to him about the PGA Tour has the best professional athlete pension program right. of all major sports At leagues? At what cost? Oh, man, I tell you, this thing's only I'm going to stop there because we're going to talk with Jason about it. But that quote is like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. There's there. a lot to unpack in that quote. There's there's too much to unpack in that quote. And, you know, speaking of packing, if you need help with that or you need help with your golf game, How about the New Jersey Golf Foundation? The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, 
Visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Folks, I mean, there's a lot going on in the golf world right now. But let's start with Riviera and let's get back with the Action Network's Jason Sobel. It's 3.15 p.m. here in New York. Lunchtime out in L.A. for those at Riviera. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're Key, not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes Key, to it. clearing it out. Y'all take care of business. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Dinkins, Bar, team Bar, me. Bar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920 on a February Friday afternoon. Today's guest has inspired me for years. From production to each piece he writes, Jason Sobel has been creatively covering the action of the PGA Tour for 20 years. We all know change is coming, but have no fear and uh, hold the cowbell. Our guest today has it all covered. I like that, Wade Weezer, a little Long Island sound for Long Island's finest. Jason Sobel, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon, my friend? I'm doing well, Keith. Thanks so much for the nice introduction. I appreciate you having me on today. Hey, man, you know what? Uh, I meant what I said there. You know, you have been leading the action for years in golf. And so you have a huge perspective. And I, and I got I to gotta start right here. Have we had back-to-back weeks in a February ever like this before in the PGA Tour? Boy, uh, ever is a very, very long time. Uh, I, I go back to, let's say, Tiger Woods uh, chasing down Matt Gogol at Pebble Beach. I don't know what happened the week before or after that. But, I mean, there. There are, there are a lot of other times. That said, yes, the last few weeks have been very, very good on the PGA Tour. And uh, interestingly enough to, to get into what the news has been lately, it, it seems like a really poor time to try to promote a rival golf league led by a murderous regime and a government that's funding it all. Uh, and to try to break down the PGA Tour barrier and uh, and, and steal some players away. So uh, I don't know when a good time is on, on the schedule for that to happen, but this seems like a really bad time for 
uh, for anyone trying to do that. Well, I tell you what, we, you know, we heard yesterday that the, those guys are some uh, there's some scary mother effers. You know, so I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to that more in a minute. But you know, for my listeners, I, I want to jump back a little bit. You know, y- you have you know you come out of school and you are a reporter. You are getting into production. You're working for ESPN, and then now, I mean, you are a lead voice in golf. So take me back. I mean, y- you had a moment there at ESPN. You're in production. You're winning awards. You're covering the NFL and all different sorts of sports. Why'd you choose golf? Oh boy! I mean, you're taking me way back. I, I was just asked yesterday for the millionth time, like, "Hey, I'd love to get into what you're doing, and and how do I do it?" And I, I tell people all the time, "Look, if if you want to become a, a doctor, you have to, you know, go to as good a school as you can, get good grades, uh, get into medical school, uh, pass all your boards, uh, become an intern, go, go become a doctor." I mean, there's there's a definitive path to doing all of this. If you want to become a golf writer, a golf media member. I have no idea. I, you know, I, I can tell you what I did, which was uh, I'd worked at a whole bunch of places through college. I essentially stopped going to class and was working seven days a week for a couple different publications and a radio station and other places. And so um, I got a job at ESPN right out of college. I worked my way up on the TV production side. I'd done that for about seven years. And this job became open for the uh, golf editor position of ESPN.com, which was still sort of like this newfangled, you know, this this little, little internet thing. We're going to do an internet thing, and we're going to, you know, people are going to go on their computers, and they're going to read stuff, and they're going to look at video. And so somehow I wound up getting that job. I was able to move from TV to uh, the digital side, and uh, my second day on the job, I was the editor, and we didn't have anybody writing for us. And I turned to my boss at the time, and I said, hey, I, I'm the editor of a site that has no content coming in. Do you want me to produce some content? Would you like me to write something? He goes, yeah, I don't care, whatever. And so I, I, I wrote something that day, and the next day I wrote something else, and I became editor slash writer, and that's just kind of morphed over the years into uh, writer and host and other things. And so I, my answer to this is I've become very, very lucky over the years, Uh you know, just sort of falling into it. There's absolutely no direct path on how this all works. And it's just somehow for now worked out for me. But as I tell people all the time, if they're asking for advice or if they want to break into the industry, I always say, Keith, uh, if you're better than me, trust me, somebody will hire you and get rid of me in a second because uh, quality is better than any sort of perceived experience uh, in any aspect. Well, you know what? I, forget the process for a second, because I don't want to be the millionth and one question ant- asker, right? I'm, I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned with. I'm a PGA professional, and I'm always on here talking about the pop culture of golf. And mm-hmm. I, I want to know, like, you could have chose a bunch of different things, or you could have been lucky in a lot of different verticals, right? But somehow you got paired with golf. Well, you know, why the connection with golf? It's a great question. Uh, I did not grow up playing golf. Grew up on Long Island, as you mentioned in the introduction there. Um, grew up playing every other sport, and I still play other sports, uh, even at my advanced age these days. Um, just a little slower than I used to. But uh, I got into, got into golf in college. Um, sort of, quote-unquote, joined the college golf team, essentially, because uh, I had a car and I could drive everybody else to practice, which... Uh, got me onto the team at Brandeis University where I went to school. And so um, I, I got into golf when I started working at ESPN. I was working in TV. I was working a lot of nights. And so we had the days free, and myself and some friends would go play golf every day. We just kind of got into it. What else are you going to do? You're 
22, 23, 24 years old, and it's the middle of the summer in Connecticut, and you have nothing else to do. Okay, well, let's go play golf every day. And so I got really into the game, and obviously that kind of transitions into getting into the PGA Tour and, and understanding. And this is, you know, we're talking about early 2000s at this point, and I had the fortune to cover a few U.S. Opens and some other events on, on the TV side as a as a producer, and um, it, it just all kind of fit for me. It was, you know, the love of the game and something a little bit different. I'd worked in football, and I, I'm still a massive football fan and basketball and baseball and everything else, and I just sort of got bit by the golf bug. And, again, it all, it all just kind of worked out for me, Keith. I got really, really lucky, and the golf job became open. If somebody – uh, if somebody came along that was more qualified for that job, if someone never left that job in the first place, who knows where I'd be? You just you kind of have to get lucky with all these things, and so I, I wound up kind of falling into it, and um, and it's been great. the The entire ride has been fantastic, and I wake up every day just kind of fingers crossed, hoping that uh, they don't take me off that list, and and uh, and just grateful that I can keep doing it. You know what? We're grateful to be talking to golf's golf media's luckiest man ever. It sounds like Jason Sobel. He's from the Action Network and Sirius XM. And, you know, there's nothing natural about this progression. But yet now you are writing for the Action Network. Um, the betting landscape is exponentially growing. Uh, just give my listeners a quick update on, on what you're doing now. And, you know, how you feel like that that whole like comes together and, and how it benefits the game of golf. Yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, I started ESPN, uh, went over to Golf Channel after a while, came back to ESPN about four years ago, uh, moved on to a place called the Action Network, which focuses more on covering sports from a betting perspective. And what's great about it is I've got the freedom, Keith, to if I want to write about just the game of golf and what happens in an event or the issues surrounding the game, I, I have the freedom, the independence to do that on any given day. But I also write about things from the betting perspective, which, uh, quite honestly, Keith, I, I think it's more fun for me. And I always like to write and talk about what interests me because I think that will interest other people as well. And then there's the fact that people don't have time to sit and read anymore. And I, I get the sense that it, you know, you're at work all day, you come home, you got dinner, you got family, you got things going on. You've got five minutes to sit there on your phone and quickly – scroll through an article, are you going to read about, well, here's a feature story on a player, and it might be well done, but here's just kind of some information, or here's how you can win some money this week. Well, personally, I'm a guy that likes to gamble. I'm a guy that plays a lot of fantasy in, in different sports, and I, I want to read about how can you help me? How can you help me become better invested in what I'm watching on a daily and weekly basis? And so it all kind of just fit for me. I love what I'm doing now. I tell people every single day when they ask about it, I said, it's, it's the most fun job I've ever had. I've had some really high-profile jobs in this industry. This is by far the most fun that I've had. I also host a radio show on SiriusXM's PGA Tour channel, and uh, a lot of that is gambling-related as well. And it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's not going to go away anytime soon. The PGA Tour has four official betting operators 
we, full disclosure, at the Action Network have a partnership with the PGA Tour. They're building a sports book out of TBC Scottsdale. I was out there last week, and uh, they're waiting on the final zoning permits, and it might even be built by the time the, the WM Phoenix Open happens next year. And so there's a lot that's moving in this direction. We see odds on, on the screen and, and announcers talking about odds now, whereas just two or three years ago that would have been completely taboo. So it's moving quickly. It's moving in a direction that I didn't see it, quite frankly, moving uh, in for, for quite a while. And yet here we are, and, and I'm telling you, it's only going to get bigger and uh, I'm just thankful to be a, a, a very small part of it to be able to try to help people win some money, win some bets, entertain them a little bit with the content. And uh, and like I said, just it, it's been so much fun being able to do this. All right. Well, you know, um, when I was a club professional for 25 years, my title at the club was the director of fun. So we're going to dive more in here. We're going to have some fun here. That's for sure. And when and when you talk about wagering, those that know me, you had me at hello. So w- I need to understand something because I think from my maybe naive perspective that things like when the expansion of PGA Tour Live goes from one channel to four four channels, that that's great for the fan experience. But those things are also happening because this business of betting is driving, you know, that level of content coverage from the backside. Is all of that true from your perspective? Yeah, that specific example I'm not sure is fantastic just because I, I was doing betting segments for PGA Tour Live for the past two years, and then all of a sudden they expanded from one channel to four channels on ESPN+, and now there's less betting coverage than there was in the past. I expect that to change at some point in the future, but I would have thought that's the only reason that you're doing this. On a Friday morning, second round of the Genesis Invitational, who's watching on ESPN+, Plus? some just big golf fans who are interested in the event. Sure. I I'm sure there, uh, there's a percentage of that, but I think for the most part, it's, Hey, I want to watch my money. I want to see where my money's going. I, I I've got some, some tickets on this thing, some outright, some round two matchups. I want to watch for my future bet. Like I want to watch these guys and see, okay, well, who should I put my money on moving forward, whether it's this event or for future events. And, and I think it's the gambling community that's watching this stuff. So, I do think that there's more they can do. I've said it for a while. The analogy of the PGA Tour is essentially in the middle of the ocean when it comes to gambling and all those official betting operators they have. And yet there's still times when it feels like they don't even want to get their toe in the water. And so there's a lot more that can be done. I think it's coming. I think it's in some ways, like I said, it's been very, very quick considering where we were just a couple of years ago. In other ways, yeah, that evolution is stalled just a little bit, and we need to move it forward a little more. So it'll happen. Um, it's happening at a very strange pace. Some of it goes quick, some of it doesn't. And yet, uh, here we are right now where uh, I guarantee, Keith, if we have this conversation again in six months or in 12 months, it's a completely different conversation. We'll sit here and say, wow, remember when we didn't have such and such, and all of a sudden it's, well, of course we're doing that every day, every week now, because that's just where the industry is gone. Well, I love your perspective on all this, because, I mean, you jumped to the Action Network in 2018. So, I mean, you have an innovative mindset. I mean, you see, you had to have seen some of this coming along. And then a year ago at the players, you know, they have every shot recorded 
for PGA Tour Live purposes. Or at the Masters, you could choose your own players to follow. So to me, I think you and I are both saying the same thing, that these things are coming out because people are getting more engaged in the game. And if it's through wagering, so be it. You know, but uh, I'm wondering, since four years ago, you had jumped to the Action Network and you saw the future of where this was going, Real quickly, where do you see the future of this going from now? I know you said in six months it might be totally different, but for our listeners who aren't on the you know the the front lines of all of this, explain to them where we might be in six months with coverage. Okay, so a few things. First of all, um, PGA Tour has understood um, what this means to them, not only financially and that you know they get a little stake in uh, all the gambling that's being done legally, but fan interest is at an all-time high, essentially because people now have a rooting interest. They have a personal investment to be engaged in the product on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, we're all football fans. If your team is the Kansas City Chiefs, well, you're rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs every Sunday or whenever they play on a given week. If you're a golf fan, okay, it's, you know, you might be a Tiger fan from back in the day. You might be a Phil fan, a Rory fan. You root for one of your guys, but for the most part, the diehard golf fans will come back and watch on a regular basis, and the casual fans will come out for the majors and maybe another few events here and there if the leaderboard is really good. Well, now all of a sudden you've taken it and you've given people a reason to tune in on a weekly basis, to pay more attention on a weekly basis. So I think that's been really good. As far as me personally getting into it uh, four years ago, again, I, I know there's a theme that I keep bringing up here, but I got very, very lucky. I started with the Action Network about a month before the Supreme Court passed the PASPA law, which essentially allowed the states to govern themselves and regulate and legalize sports gaming. And so that's, uh, that's obviously become bigger. The future of it, I think, and you know, I just talked about the PGA Tour in part with DraftKings building a sports book at TPC Scottsdale next year. But I, that's quite honestly, not really the future. The future is not, you know, hey, wow, the guys in Vegas, they're, they're going to be doing a lot of business. It's not, well, there's a brick-and-mortar casino. It's not even necessarily on your phone, Keith. I know a lot of people do online gambling on their phone now. Mobile sports betting is absolutely huge in the states where it's legalized and regulated. I think the future of it is you're watching the PGA Tour on your TV. You've got your TV somehow hooked up to an account that you have, you literally have a remote control in your hand. As you're watching on TV, you see that Joaquin Neiman has made another birdie, and you got, you know what, I think he's going to win. The odds are right there on the screen. You point your remote control at the screen. You click, boom, you've just bet on Joaquin Neiman. There's no, there's no sports book. There's no bookies. There's not even a, I have to take out my phone and log in and go to my account and scroll down and find a guy, it's literally right there in front of you where at any given moment you can place a bet and bang, it's right there two seconds later. Jason Sobel, you are on a roll. But unfortunately, I, I got to take a quick break. But hold that thought, and then we're going to get into Phil Mickelson as well. Up next, more with golf's gambling guru, the Action Network's Jason Sobel. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a quick second. Mike Greenberg is... Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. 
But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Jason Sobel. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Ooh, Wade, you're getting us fired up for the weekend. I love it. I know today's guest was a Boston guy at one point in his life. I bet he's heard this tune once or twice before, maybe at a sporting event or something, but uh, nothing like the Pro Show playlist to start President's Weekend. Alright, let's get to the back nine of our conversation with Jason. You uh, you have anything special planned for this weekend there, Mr. Sobel? I actually do, Keith. Uh, we've got a little member-member over at uh, my club outside of Orlando, West Orange Country Club, the greatest group of degenerates that you'll ever find. And so we've got, uh, I think it's like 120 guys playing in this thing. We, uh, we've got such a great membership. Guys show up for everything, and um, there will be uh, plenty of laughs and plenty of good competition coming up this weekend. You know, I spent probably five of the best years of my club professional career at Isleworth from 98 to 03. So I love Orlando. Um, Orlando is just an awesome spot. So um, enjoy. Do you have some good weather lined up? It looks like the weather's going to be good. Maybe a little windy. It's been like hot and windy the last couple of days, which is an interesting combination. But we had uh, wind gusts. I was looking at my phone as we were playing yesterday, and uh, the wind was gusting up to 29 miles an hour. That's a three-club wind. We don't get that very often, especially this time of year. So, yeah, we're – we are literally right down the road from Isleworth and could not be uh, any more different from that place. That place is a great place. We have a great place, and it's uh, it's a little more, uh, let's say, uh, a little more uh, uh, down home than, uh, than Isleworth. How's that, how's that for a, uh, a description? I know exactly what you're talking about. Been there and done that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned hot and windy. So let's get to Saudi Arabia. Okay, you know, I mean, we got to touch upon this because, I mean, like so much we said in the last segment, you know, you are in a position with Sirius XM and the Action Network and just, you know, your history and your network to know and help my listeners understand what's going on here. Phil had this unbelievable quote. I talked about it in the first segment of the show, so we don't need to repeat it. But is he retracting kind of what he's saying? Is he trying to play both sides? And, And now will either side actually like him? Okay, so there are a lot of layers to this, and I'll, I will try to peel some back here. I, I will preface this by saying that, first of all, Phil is one of my favorite players in golf. He's one of my favorite people to 
hang out with in a parking lot after the round and talk either on the record or off the record with for 20 or 30 minutes. I mean, he really is. He's done some nice stuff for my family in the past. I really like Phil. I have absolutely no idea what Phil is trying to accomplish in this situation. First of all, he has spent 25 years of his life cultivating a public image, working to cultivate this public image of being the everyman, the people's champion, thumbs up to everybody, signing autographs, kissing babies, handing out balls to kids. I mean, he has uh, he's probably tipped out more than uh, most other any other athlete over the last quarter century. The guy just leaves $100 bills in his wake wherever he goes, and, and he knows that those stories, you know, part of it is being nice and part of it is, hey, anytime this, my name is brought up, when this person is around, they're going to talk about what a great guy I am because I, you know, tipped them out after I had a meal or after they cleaned my clubs or whatever it might have been. So Phil's done all this for his public image, and I think that he's in, in one fell swoop here absolutely destroying that public image that he has worked to cultivate. Uh, I don't understand the relationship with the Saudis. He, he said in that Alan Shipnuck piece that's going to be in his book, the fact that, hey, these are, these are ruthless guys. Uh, and he said, I, I'm not even sure I want this thing to succeed. He's essentially said that he's doing this for monetary leverage with the PGA Tour. He's mad about PGA Tour owning his and other players' media rights. What I think is going to happen, and I'm just completely guessing at this point, is that Phil essentially gets a little piece of those media rights moving forward, that he does induce a, a little bit of change with the PGA Tour. I think maybe he does an about-face before he actually joins the Saudi League and the whole thing is a major bluff, and that at some point, Phil thinks, hey, I got the job done, I'm the smartest guy in the room, and I was able to figure it out. But I, I think what he's lost here is the fact that the public isn't going to forgive him this easily. The public isn't going to say, ah, Phil, you did it. You, you, know, you said goodbye to those guys, and you, you stuck with us. We love you. This is great. You're the best. I think the public has seen a different side of Phil now, and I don't know that he gets that trust back from a lot of people who were major fans for, for, like I said, a quarter century. So, again, there's a lot of layers to this. It's not just, well, he chose to go here and that guy chose to go there. It's, well, I'm doing it for a reason. And the reason might not be the reason that you think. The reason might be three steps away. Phil's trying to play chess and he thinks everyone else is playing checkers. and He thinks everyone else only sees it as checkers. And yet, I, I, I'd like to give credit to the rest of us and, and see that we, we can kind of see through what he's trying to do here, and, and I just don't see it as, as really a viable strategy. As far as, boy, at some point you've got enough money. Uh, why don't you keep the fans on your side? Why don't you keep the public on your side? I just don't think Phil's a guy that's going to enjoy life with a lot of people rooting against him, uh, whether it's on the field of play, whether it's on the golf course or off over the next handful of years of his life. I, I just it, it seems like a very, very uh, strange strategy to, to get a point across here. You know, not only that, but, you know, you mentioned the timing earlier. This is Tiger's event week, and all of these stories are coming out. You have all of kind of the, the Tiger disciples saying Morikawa, Rory, all JT, all these guys, I'm not going to go there. Then there's some middle-tier guys saying that they are. I mean, does Phil realize that, you know, He's sending Jason Kokrak over to Saudi Arabia. I mean, it, and and 
Greg Nor. I mean, all of this. I mean, again, there's too many layers to that onion to just uncover it all today. And I appreciate you going through that for sure. But at the end of the day, I just hope we don't end up with like where we were in the 1980s, where you have four or five superstars over in Europe and then, you know, everyone else. And, and there's like this schism between where the good players are and, and there's all sorts of controversy. I, I just don't think that's good for golf. And I opened the whole interview by saying golf is in a great place right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do think, and I agree with you, Keith, that if and when Phil does sort of an about face and maybe he gets part of that leverage that he's trying to create with the PGA Tour and get more for the media rights or, or, or other um, little things, whether we know about them or not, that the guys that are really going to wind up on the losing end of this thing are the Jason Kokraks and the Lee Westwoods and the Adam Scotts who have essentially sort of pled allegiance to the Saudi government now and are sort of saying, hey, look, I, I, can, I can earn so much money from being over there and, and playing their league, and they don't even have to – it's not like they're living over there. They're, most of the tournaments are going to be held in the U.S. anyway, but uh, I can make so much money – from signing a contract that it doesn't matter what I do for the rest of my life. And quite honestly, I see whatever the Saudi league does is uh, less about competition and more like, it's like the old ice capades. You know, the, the competitive figure oh, yeah. skaters are, are trying to be in the Olympics and they're trying to uh, beat each other. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I'm going to sign a contract. And I get paid to go out on the road and go skate around. And it doesn't really matter if I'm better than the other person on any given night, because there's no judging. There's no scores. Yes, okay, in golf there will still be a leaderboard for these guys, but uh, I guess to use another a- analogy, it's as if a casino paid you a million dollars to go play in a poker tournament for a 1000 And so you'd say, all right, well, I'm over- I've already got the million in my pocket. What does the 1000 mean to me? Why do I want to play for this little money? Uh, you know, I'll go play because that's what they're paying me for, but I don't really care if I win or not. And I essentially I see the same thing happening with this where – these guys are going to be paid so much money up front that winning a tournament doesn't really mean much, and they almost don't have to go out there and try to compete and try to win. I mean, this is definitely why I wanted to talk to you today. I love that analogy. I hadn't heard that yet. And, I mean, this is why you are the man. Ice capades. It's, uh, you know, no offense to Adam Scott, but nobody's looking for a pre-champions tour. You know, I mean, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, all these guys. At the end of the day, there's just a lot more compelling stories that are coming out of guys like a Scotty Scheffler. And, um, you know, I'm glad to hear that this kind of whole thing is is falling apart to a certain degree, um, because I know that you probably know a lot more than most people. And folks, we have Jason Sobel this afternoon from the Ashton Network. He's an Emmy winner. I mean, this is a real treat. So how can my listeners keep in touch with you? I know you're on social media all the time. What's your handle on Twitter and um, any website? Yeah, on Twitter, it's Jason Sobel, T-A-N for the Action Network. I always get people going, Jason Sobel, TAN? What does that mean? It's the Action Network. That's, that's the acronym for, uh, for where I work. Uh, all my articles are uh, found at actionnetwork.com, the Action Network app, which is a really cool way of uh, tracking all your bets. I know in New Jersey, you guys have uh, legal sports gaming there. I know a lot of people are getting into it. It's a really good way of not only tracking your bets, but being able to read about what you want to bet on on a regular basis in every sport. We've got experts breaking down everything on a daily basis. And then uh, SiriusXM PGA Tour, I do a show called Hitting the Green from 2 to 4 Eastern time, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then do a lot of coverage for 
major championships and other things with the channel, but uh, that's been a blast over the last couple of years as well. So uh, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, all. is that enough to keep you busy? You know, uh, you know what? There's there's honestly a lot more to it than that. It's just uh, you don't want to hear all of it. Uh, trust me. I I tell everyone all the time though, and, and this is I like I said earlier the. Uh, the gaming perspective uh, of golf has been a very fun um, uh, move for me in my career. I tell people all the time, I essentially have two jobs. It's really kind of three jobs. But I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I get to Thursday. And uh, on some weeks at least, I, and, and this is an over-exaggeration, but I'm kind of off Thursday to Sunday most weeks. So it is what I make of it. And, uh, you know, that's, like I said, an exaggeration. Trust me, I'm I'm still working on those days when I say I'm not working. But, yeah, it's uh, it has definitely been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, too. Well, I can see you could appreciate some fun. And before you go, we have a little tradition here on the pro show. Uh, my listeners love to get to know my guests on a little bit more of an intimate right. level. So you ready to rock some rapid fire Q&A here? Let's do it, dude. All right. Would you rather win an Oscar or a Grammy? Which one's what, the Grammy's singing? Grammy I is music. Anything. Yeah, no, I'd love to win a Grammy because I can't even, I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. I can't do any of that. So for me to win a Grammy, I'd be able to hold that over everybody's head. Sure. Name a person you would add to Mount Rushmore. Mm. Rapid fire. Oh, my God. I told you that you weren't going to get me with a question that I've never been asked before. I've never been asked that before. That's God. I mean, it could be. I mean, it could be Arnold Palmer. It does. It doesn't have to be outside your your realm of of sports knowledge. But it's just a question. Yeah. No, I mean, I I am a golf guy, but I don't think I'd put a golfer on Mount Rushmore. I. All right, tell you what, then, then you have to tweet it out later today, <laughs> to me. What your answer is to that question. Yeah, I, I need I need that one to be multiple choice. That was a that's a fantastic question. I just don't I I'm not qualified to give a good answer on that. Well, when you're, next time you go to a restaurant when you're out on tour and you got a good group at the table, send that one around the send that one around while you're waiting for dinner. Okay, all right. Which event will Rushmore question? Never that though before. Uh, which event will Tiger play first in 2022? The Open Championship, if you read between the lines of what he was saying the other day, he said, you know, I can walk on flat ground in a straight line. It's just the undulations of golf courses. That's really tough for me. If there's a course that's going to be flat without undulations, it's going to be St. Andrews. He loves it there. Uh, look, we saw him play in December. I, I get it. It was in a cart. It was only a couple of days, but the swing looked pretty good. He's not going to be any worse off than he was then. I think he keeps improving, and maybe we see him in July. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your car driving ability. Ah, 11. Ooh, you're, you're ready for the drive to survive then. Okay. As a successful person, name something you do every day. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. I'm not sure it has anything to do with success. I, you know what I do? I, I research and I read and I collect information. And I think that is very important. I, people always ask me like, oh, you're doing your radio show. How long does it take you to prep for your show? I go, like, always? The, there's no like, okay, well, the show's on at 2. I got to sit down at 11.30 so I can get two and a half hours of prep time beforehand. It's No, that's just collecting and gathering information and forming opinions is like, it's forever. It's just a, it's an all-encompassing thing. So I'm completely doing that. And I, my guess is that, and I haven't worked in other industries. My guess is whatever industry you're in, collecting and gathering information to help you in your career probably isn't a bad thing on a regular basis. 
All right, I'm going to take you day take you back to your days at the Globe. All right, who would you rather sit with at lunch, Bob Ryan or Dan Shaughnessy? Yes, both. Both. All right. I'll I'll take I'll take Bob Ryan, but I mean that yes, yeah, both. Uh, throwing a little Jackie McMullen for good times, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I was I can tell you that you know, I've asked Tiger Woods a million questions. I hung out with Arnold Palmer a bunch. I've done podcasts with Jack Nicholas. I was in an airport once and I was on the security line behind Bob Ryan and I got all nervous and sweaty. I said, uh, you know, hey Bob, I'm Jason Sobel. I introduced myself and Oh yeah, I've read your stuff. And I, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. I mean, you know, just for, for a little sports writer thing, like, uh, you know, talking to Arnold Palmer, yeah, that's cool. Hey, Arnie, how you doing, Mr. Palmer? Uh, but, yeah, to, for Bob Ryan to say, oh, I've read some of your stuff, that, that was a, a thrill. Give me a name. Who's going to win the Masters this year? Uh, Patrick Cantley. He is firing on all cylinders. He is, uh, he is so serious about the game and, and i get like every every top player in the world is very serious about the game patrick Cantley really plots his way not only around the golf course but strategizes uh, he does everything very well i, I think that um the sky is the limit for Cantley, and i think he gets his first major very soon i think it's going to be the masters if you could win one trophy in sports what would you choose green jacket i guess i mean is that a question i'm it is a question, and you answered it. Awesome. <laughs> One more. What personal trait best describes you? Uh, you know, Keith, you said you're the director of fun. I, I would go with fun as well. I've tried to carve out not only my career as, you know, I, I'd like to think that I have fun covering the game. I'd like to think that I try to make it fun for other people reading and listening and watching my stuff. And, and, and then in my personal life, I mean, uh, if you could see me today, the Friday afternoon when I got to the club, uh, you know, I've got 12 guys sitting around with a beverage in hand. They hand me one, and we're all just having fun and having some laughs. And uh, I am all about just kind of having a good time, having fun. Let's not all be so serious all the time. Well, you know, I tell you what, I mean, that's that's my mission statement in life. So I'm so happy that you said that, and I'm so happy you joined us today. Jason Sobel, you have been a legend, man. Thanks so much for being on the Pro Show. You got it. Thanks, Keith. Folks, we are running fast into 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be coming back with a quick weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks... Why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine.
As the Pro Show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Oh, I like this. All right. Welcome back to the Pro Show on ESPN 920. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, week after week. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know what? Thanks for playing this song. Welcome. You know, I'll post the show tonight on iTunes, Spotify. That a, that interview with Jason was awesome. Awesome. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere. Even if you're out in L.A. watching the Genesis Invitational. 920ESPNNewJersey.com. And, of course, as I always say, go to readtheline.com. Subscribe, read, and win. Give me, give me Justin. I, uh, my wife loves that song, so that goes out to her. This is how I feel from Monday through Thursday when I'm not in the studio with you. Oh, you know, I said something very nice about my wife there. <laughs> You're killing me. All right, let's move right along here. We got to go quick. I mean, we're down to like seconds. All right. Taylor made. We love that you support the weekly update. Uh, we get it. You have carbon fiber and people are, people are hitting it like 4,000 yards with this new driver. I, I get texts all the time from my buddies down in Florida who are using them and they're like, it's like stealing. So if you want to steal yardage, I sure. guess I got to frame that the right exactly way. Exactly right. Uh, go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Don't want to get in any legal trouble. All right, we we missed this one last week, and I, I got to go there because it's just blowing my mind um, how dumb certain people can be. So uh, this one's called Try Not to Lie. Mark Lai, former winner of the Bank of Boston Classic and sixth at the 1984 Masters, was fired over the weekend from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio following his comments on the WNBA. During a discussion on his Saturday show, The Scorecard, Lai commented on the current status of the LPGA and the WNBA and remarks that were caught and recorded by Twitter um, person Jill Lawson's. And then she tagged Mark Lai and no laying up and this thing went around. All right. So just to give you an idea, this is what Lai said. You know, the LPGA tour to me is completely different tour than it was 10 years ago. You couldn't pay me to watch. You really couldn't because I just I just couldn't relate at all. It's all kind of like, you know, if you're a basketball player and I'm not trashing anybody, please don't take it the wrong way. But I saw some highlights of the ladies basketball. Man, is there a gun in the house? It didn't sound like you're trashing anybody. <laughs> I'll shoot myself rather than watch that. And uh, so he got fired. And um, I, I honestly, I, they should just leave him on and they should let WNBA fans drive to his house. That's all. With some weapons. <laughs> What an idiot. Anyway, um, speaking of some fun when it comes to the Super Bowl, let's talk about uh, my man Snoop Dogg. What's up, Super Freight? It's not when you smoke, it's where you smoke that counts. One of the most popular prop bets from Sunday's Super Bowl was whether or not hip-hop star and Hall of Famer Snoop Dogg would partake during the halftime show. Well, as we all watched the amazing spectacle, he didn't. So bet settled, right? No. Well, not so fast, my friend there, Wade Weezer. Seems as if Snoop Dogg was preparing for the halftime festivities with some festivities of his own on the sidelines. This got social media all fired up, calling the result of the bet in question. Turns out it needed to happen on stage, which it didn't. So looking, <laughs> so looking back, seems to me like the only winner in this particular bet was Snoop. 
himself. <laughs> That's your pro show update for the week ending February 18th, 2022. Thank you for everything on the board. And thanks to our sponsors, New Jersey Golf Foundation and TaylorMade Golf. You know, I love my listeners. So one brief thought before I go about comparing yourself to others. Resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for it to affect the other person. Instead of worrying what others are up to, focus that energy on your own success. You'll be amazed what you can accomplish. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.